Hello and welcome to another edition of the Daily Remedy Podcast. Today we are going to talk about vaccines and vaccine mandates, vaccines and vaccine willingness. Really look at vaccines from the perspective of civic duty, recognizing the past and present of vaccines as they have been adjudicated in the courts to then help determine how the future of vaccine adjudication, how vaccines will be perceived in the courts and public perception in the foreseeable future. Let's start with two Supreme Court rulings that have really helped contextualize the conversation, one in 1905 and one in 2021. In 1905, Jacobson v. Massachusetts reached the Supreme Court in which an individual from the state of Massachusetts petitioned a vaccine mandate for smallpox in the state of Massachusetts. The Supreme Court eventually ruled with the state determining that the state had the authority, and I quote, it is within the police power of a state to enact a compulsory vaccination law. And it is for the legislation and not for the courts to determine in the first instance whether vaccination is or is not in the best mode for the prevention of smallpox and the protection of the public health. So essentially, the Supreme Court ruled that Massachusetts was in right in enforcing a vaccine mandate for smallpox. That was back in 1905. Now, in 2021, students from Indiana University petitioned a school requirement, rather a school policy, that requires all students, faculty, and staff to be fully vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine or have an approved religious, medical, or ethical exemption before starting school in the fall of 2021. Students opposing the mandate stated that they are entitled to make their own medical treatment decisions and have a constitutional right to make individual medical treatment choices in the context of the vaccination mandate. That case was then brought in federal court in the Seventh Circuit and was effectively ruled in favor of Indiana University. The trial judge of the Seventh Circuit determined that Indiana University policy permits reasonable and due process of vaccination in the legitimate interest of public health for its students, faculty, and staff. The Seventh Circuit Court judge also went on to say, vaccination protects not only the vaccinated person, but also those who come in contact with them. At the university, close contact is essentially inevitable. That then, the students from Indiana University petitioned the ruling. It went to the appellate court in which the mandate was upheld. And then it was went to the Supreme Court in which that mandate was not even reviewed. As a matter of fact, the controversial justice, Amy Comey Barrett, denied review of Indiana University's COVID-19 vaccine mandate, leaving in place the ruling for the lower courts in favor of the university requirements. Now, what's very interesting is that the trial judge of the Seventh Circuit, who made the original ruling, which was subsequently upheld by the appellate court and effectively upheld by default by the Supreme Court, who dismissed even reviewing the case, that Seventh Circuit judge referenced the 1905 ruling from the Supreme Court, which stated that a state can require all members of the public to be vaccinated. Well, in 1905, it was against smallpox. In 2021, it's again against COVID-19. Two cases over a century apart 
both defining the past and the present of vaccines and vaccine mandates role in society. Now, to understand these broader issues, the civic duty, the willingness of vaccines and vaccine mandates, let's first start with the issue of vaccines themselves and why they are so controversial. The problem is that the decision to be vaccinated is not a simple yes or no. It's, like most medical issues, complex and should be understood as a ratio of variable benefit as the numerator on top and fixed risk as the denominator on the bottom. So think of it as a ratio with variable benefit on top and fixed risk on the bottom, numerator and denominator, really determining the decision for an individual whether they should get the vaccine or not. Any given vaccine, smallpox, COVID-19, what have you. What happens for that individual when he or she is making that decision implicitly is that they are weighing the variable benefit to society, to themselves, in getting the vaccine relative to the fixed risk of getting any vaccine. And all vaccines carry a certain amount of risk. Even vaccines that don't cause any harm to the patient still poses an injection site risk of inflammation. Now, mind you, these risks may be small, but they're still present. And the fact that these risks exist and are fixed per person makes the determination to get a vaccine more complex than would be originally imagined in the minds of the person and in the ethos of society. Because, like most things in healthcare, subject to biases and heuristic-type thinking or simplified thinking. In this case, the bias or the heuristic is denominator neglect. The tendency to look at the issue not as a ratio, but as just one component, either the variable benefit or the fixed risk alone, but not as a ratio. As a result, most arguments are incomplete and self-fulfilling. Those who are in favor of getting vaccinated emphasize the numerator, the variable benefit to society. Go and get the vaccine. It's good for society. We need herd immunity. You need to do what's best for society. Those who are opposed to vaccines will state, there's a risk. I don't want to harm my body. This is putting my life in danger. Now, both arguments are not necessarily right nor necessarily wrong. They're just incomplete. And the true analysis of whether to get a vaccine or not is a ratio of the variable benefit to the fixed risk. But the inability for most people to contextualize that decision as a ratio leads to the political rhetoric, the polarization, and the strong arguments one way or the other. But at a very fundamental issue, it is about that ratio, variable benefit to fixed risk, and each individual's perception of where they lie on that ratio. So inherently, it's a matter of self-perception. What is the role of the individual in the context of the broader public health social good? That's the decision each individual person needs to make. 
Now, in aggregate, let's say those who are for vaccines have the dominant view, then the variable benefit becomes greater because a greater percentage of the people have received a vaccine. So potentially herd immunity has been achieved, making that fixed risk in the broader scheme of things a justifiable risk relative to the broader variable benefit that has captured a significant percentage of the population. Those who are against vaccines in aggregate, if they prove that majority of the population believe vaccines are harmful, then the variable benefit becomes low, conceivably lower than the herd immunity threshold. And as a result, that fixed risk, relatively speaking, becomes greater because the variable benefit no longer reaches that targeted herd immunity rate. This essentially is a market argument. It's a market dynamics argument in which you have competing consumers vying for a dominant perception on how vaccines should be perceived in society. This is very much like market forces compelling particular prices of goods or compelling particular differentiating factors in the market. Now, market forces don't necessarily adhere to herd immunity concepts. And that difference is critical because herd immunity is effectively defined by the immunity each individual receives when obtaining a vaccine relative to the infectivity or how quickly the virus spreads. So herd immunity doesn't necessarily believe or behave in a manner that can be understood in terms of market forces. But the consumer decision to get vaccinated is very much a market force. But the two are fundamentally different. And so the question then becomes, should we regulate this market decision? Adam Smith, the progenitor of capitalism, in his book Wealth of Nations, discusses the inevitable invisible hand, discusses the importance of regulating certain aspects of the market. Now, can the individual consumer decision to get vaccinated or not relative to the virology principles of herd immunity correlate to the point where this needs to be a regulated industry, where we need Adam Smith's invisible hand? Well, I think we need to look at herd immunity and the variable benefits of getting a vaccine together as a market force. So herd immunity effectively is a market regulation. The ratio of each individual's immune system obtaining the acquired immunity from a vaccine relative to the varying infectivity rates of the vaccine, of the virus, relative to what is the perceived variable benefit at an individual level and at a societal level of the vaccine in aggregate is the market forces. Now let's apply that to COVID-19 to make this seem a bit more real. The COVID-19 virus mutates at an unprecedented rate. You have now the Delta variant. 
In the coming months, you're going to have the Lambda variant. All these different variants are increasingly more infectious. Unlike other viruses that tend to be less infectious as they grow through a particular population, the COVID-19 virus is getting more infectious. And data out of Israel, whether that's influenced by Pfizer or not, I'll let you be the judge. But data out of Israel demonstrates that within six to eight months, the concentration of the antibodies obtained from acquired immunity from the COVID-19 vaccine shots, veins, meaning our ability to mount an immune response from the acquired immunity obtained through vaccines diminishes after six to eight months. So you have a vaccine with a timeline of six to eight months. You have a virus with an unprecedented mutation rate that seems to be getting more and more infectious. These are the principles affecting herd immunity and can largely explain why it's increasingly difficult to reach herd immunity, that 70% threshold, that number that somebody essentially kind of extrapolated from the data, probably needs to be a little bit higher given the mutation rates of the COVID-19 vaccine. But herd immunity combined with the perceived variable benefits of the vaccine together determine the market forces. And if what I just said about the herd immunity and the COVID-19 vaccine are true, then the question becomes, can the market regulate itself? Does it need to be regulated? And let's go through both questions. Can the market regulate itself? The market is essentially consumers making the decision to get vaccinated or not. Self-regulation requires a certain level of self-education. Can the market and the consumers within the market obtain the necessary education to make a decision in the best interest of both the patient and the broader society? Can each individual appropriately make the discernment within that ratio of variable benefit to fixed risk in order for the market to obtain a sufficient steady state? If not, then the second question has already been answered. Does it need to regulate itself? If the market cannot determine on its own what is appropriate for the broader consumer base within that market, then that market needs to be regulated. Essentially, vaccine mandates need to be put in place. Now, as a full disclaimer, I received the COVID-19 vaccine. I received the Pfizer vaccine. I don't believe in mandates. I believe in market forces. I believe in the market's ability to correct itself. And I hope the market can correct itself. But the only way the market can correct itself is if the consumers receive objective education that they believe in, that they can trust, that can help make informed decisions for the individual and for the broader societal good. Now, if education is the requirement for consumerism and for the market of vaccine use or vaccine willingness, then 
you're looking at a nonlinear market force because education by nature is nonlinear. You don't just learn something and then retain it. Education is very much nonlinear and requires sustained learning over time. So if we are to educate the consumers to make the best decision relative to the variable benefits and the fixed risk given the changing dynamics of herd immunity, then we need to identify ways in which we can communicate the benefits of vaccines relative to the risk of the vaccines, specifically the COVID-19 vaccine, as it pertains to contextualized current decisions that most consumers face. The education of consumers is a force multiplier within the broader scheme of market forces, just as much as the variants and the infectivity of the variants, the delta, the lambda, and just basically name a Greek letter and pretty much there'll be a variant of that in the future. The variants are also a force multiplier. So within this non-linear market dynamic of herd immunity, the perceived variable benefits of vaccinations that together combines this market dynamic of patient consumerism, the two force multipliers are patient education and the rate of variance. Now, we cannot control, at least control easily, the rate of mutation with the COVID-19 virus. But what we can control is how we educate consumers. And that is probably the most powerful, controllable force multiplier. What we need is contextualized understanding of the broader issue of vaccines and how that influences individual decision-making. If we cannot educate the public to the point where they are empowered as consumers, then we have lost the ability of the market to regulate itself. And as a result, we would need Adam Smith's invisible hand. We would need a regulated market. I hope it does not come down to this. I hope that we as consumers can educate ourselves so that we do not need to be regulated. But in order to be educated, we have to understand the broader issues of the vaccine, the variable benefits relative to the fixed risk, and contextualized broader understanding of vaccines and the benefit vaccines can provide relative to the context of individual decision-making. And if we can get to that point, and if patients can get to that point and make the determination that, no, I don't want to get the vaccine, despite all of this information, despite the ability of individualizing my own decision-making relative to the broader context of vaccine benefits, then fine. At least we got to the point where you made an informed decision. But if we cannot even get to the point where we're making informed decisions, then the market has lost its ability to regulate itself. So if I were to leave you with one thing, one ask, it would be to analyze how you are understanding your individual decision to receive or not to receive the vaccine. Is it through the ratio of variable variable benefit and fixed risk? 
And if you're truly making the decision within that context, understanding the dynamics of herd immunity and understanding the dynamics of the variants as they mutate, then you are truly an empowered patient. And you have every right to then make the decision in accordance to the principles of patient consumerism as within market forces of capitalistic principles. But if you cannot get to that point, then I would ask that the market be regulated. And again, I hope it doesn't get to that point. So I hope that this podcast has inspired you to educate yourselves, to contextualize the correct understanding of individual vaccine decisions so that you can be an empowered patient. Thank you and have a great week.